everybody. Welcome to Happy Healthy You, the podcast. I'm Connie Bowman. Today, we're talking about art. Art in all its amazing, beautiful forms. And I'm talking with Terry Norton Wright, who is an art consultant, and she's an artist in her own right. Huh, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> hi, Terry. <laughs> hi, Connie. How are you? Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, you, you have a background in art. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself before we get into the subject of art and how it can work to make our lives more whole in body, mind, and spirit? I, um, my background actually is in both business and art, so I often refer to myself as having a head for business and a body of work. <laughs> um, I have a master's in interdisciplinary art and a business uh, degree, a bachelor of science in business. So it is my right and left brain are constantly fighting. So you're not, you're not, you don't feel completely integrated, right and left brain. <laughs> <laughs> Or maybe it is completely integrated. Yes. Maybe that is the Yeah, maybe you're just looking at it from the wrong way. Maybe it's maybe you're exactly. more exactly. So it would be much healthier to integrate. I agree. There you go. There you go. Okay, so let's talk about art and how someone who may who may not have been exposed to a lot of art but wants to bring more beauty and more um, some of the healing and other benefits of art into their lives. What is the best place to get, how do we get started with that? I think people look at art as something um, outside of themselves. And it is my philosophy that art is actually a basic human need. Uh, If you look at art history, the beginning of time, you know, nobody needed to decorate their cave. It was a form of expression. It was a form of connection to one's surroundings and um, one's environment and with each other. So I think the first thing one should do is think about art and how it really functions in your life and where are you as far as your attitude towards it and explore that a little bit. Hmm, okay. I just think it it's pretty. So can I start from there? <laughs> you can absolutely start from it's pretty. Um, it can be challenging. It can be um, disruptive. It could be something that inspires you. It could be something that reminds you of something. Um, you know, art functions, and, and art itself is often thought about just things that you hang on the wall. But, you know, there's performance art, there's video art, there's installation, there's oh, a lot sure. of forms of art um, in the 21st century that we weren't exposed to before. So, I guess to get started, we'd really have to expose ourselves to art and kind of see what makes us feel differently and good or bad or whatever. I don't know. Tell me. <laughs> How do I start? Uh, how would you start? Uh, you know, museums are doing an amazing job for community outreach now. And I think there was a time when people were afraid, like, you need to be smart to go to a museum to understand it. I think museums have become um, very accessible to public, and I think it's a great way to start. It's going and see what what is being collected by your community? What do they find valuable and why? And um, I, to this day, and I've been to many, many museums around the world, I continually go to them because I learn something new every single time. Sure. Um, another thing would be to look at your community um, resources as far as public art centers, galleries, and even the universities that are around uh, in your community because graduate students, I find, are extremely brilliant in art. And um, happy to share their wares because, you know, not many people, when you're going through school, learning about art, it's kind of a scary thing because you're truly opening yourself up and exposing yourself. And so they often want to look at, you know, have public come in and sort of engage with them about right. what they're doing. Right. Well, that's that's great. So what are some of the other functions of art besides 
um, expression and beauty. Um, you, you mentioned connection. How does yeah, art connect I think, us? I think it connects us in a number of ways. I think it can it can really push us as to what we are assuming around us. You know, what is political is often the things we make assumptions about. And I think artists, especially contemporary artists today, are really pushing the envelope as to what our assumptions really say about us, the underlying politics of things. Mm. I think it connects us to each other, very simply. Um, I think it connects us to where we are in history. You know, if you look at artists today and then compare them to artists, you know, in the past, you know, what what was what was happening? I mean, a lot of the art that we find to be quite um, traditional now was extremely revolutionary at the time. Mm, you know, for example, like having, what are some well, examples? You know, for example, having um, female nudes look at you. Mm, you know, okay. all, we've always had the traditional, you know, angelic, cherubic kind of um, female nudes, but then, you know, you see in the 18th century, they were actually looking out of the picture at you directly. Unheard mm. of. Mm. Very, very disruptive to polite society. Or taking or actual, like if you look Impressionism, which most people, you know, really tend to like. Impressionism was actually looking at people in the day-to-day. You know, before you, you were either painting peasants, prostitutes, or people of wealth. And you have the Impressionists, and they come in, and they're actually painting people that are walking around in the park, which was, you know, a revolutionary thing. You know, and then you can go up to contemporary art. You know, the idea that a grid of color would be considered an artwork, you know, and I'm sure people have gone to museums and walked up to paintings and said, oh, my kid can do that. Right. But the fact that an adult did that, and what were they interrogating? Because if you've ever tried to replicate a kid's drawing, it's really difficult. Sure. <laughs> the, the freedom a child has in approaching something is very difficult from an adult point of view. And I think it, even looking at that and our connection to our past personally is a way art can, extend, can connect us. So can art in, in that type of a, uh, a sense affect our society and our culture? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, one of the um, my favorite examples to date, and regardless of where you are in politics, um, the Obama poster from the first um, the first time he ran, right? That Shepherd Fairey poster. I mean, that poster connected us all, whether you were for or against. That poster was, became iconic, and then people on Facebook would like do that sort of treatment to themselves. I mean, look at Andy Warhol. How many knockoffs of an Andy Warhol painting? Have you seen dog paintings look like that? They do kids. There's like a, there's a photo service that will right. offer that technique. Right. You know, so um, I think art does change the way we look at things, and um, and I think it changes the way we experience things. Wow, that's fascinating. I never really thought of it that way. And then art can be healing. Yeah, there's a movement now. In the '60s, there were um, a series of artists. It's really just a handful, and most of them came out of California, and they were light artists, and they were doing things with light fluorescent lights, um, like Dan Slavin, um, you know, there are different artists with light, and that was considered, well, light art. Well, I was just recently in London, and there's a number of artists, and one in particular, this woman who is actually look at the healing powers of light. And some of you may um, know there's a, there's a certain philosophy behind um, different colors of light connecting with different chakras in the body, sure. and sure. how you can heal things with that kind of, and it's been used in, in regular Western hospitals as well, they've, they've understood the power, I mean, something as simple as sad, you know, seasonal, um, affective disorder, right, right, exactly, so, um, you know, that's using light, but this particular woman in London who I met was actually crafting sculptures for home 
enjoyment or institutional enjoyment that was using, looking at the patterns of light and how they actually have a physiological effect on the body. So she was making things like benches and tables and wall units that would actually, you know, respond with you and to communicate with you in light. And I thought that was fascinating that we're pulling art into um, not only the visual stimulation, but an overall body stimulation and connection. That is really fascinating. I know there's a, I, I have a friend who does light work with actual lights and she uses the different color lights on the chakras, like you said, and in, incorporated with acupuncture. And um, I guess it's it started in Germany and it's uh, becoming a little more mainstream here in the U.S., but it still is a way to go. So, I mean, art, art therapy, if we could just look at something and find some right. healing power, what, how, how wonderful is that? Great. Yeah, I know. And if you look at art therapy, and art therapy sometimes gets a bad rap, you know, it's like, you know, crafts for adults or something. Right, right. Or crafts for kids. But the truth is, I mean, you know, as an artist myself, and this is where I sort of walk the line both sides, as an artist myself, I'm not using my artwork as therapy, but it is coming from my personal experience. You know, and a lot of artists, especially in the 70s that sort of came out, um, it is from your personal, and, and you know, even to say it's from the 70s, and you can look back in history, a history painting, well, that was from their experience of history and who wanted to be in the right, painting and, right. and, you know, look at religious art, you know, that was their, you know, articulation of their, you know, ecstasy of, of what was going on. So I think um, art therapy definitely has a connection. And I'm just grateful that schools at least keep art in the, in the elementary areas. Um, but I'm finding, you know, I have children and, and my kids are in middle school, and art is an elective. It's not a requirement. Right, right, yeah. And, and I find that ridiculous in a country that, you know, is so much about the visual arts. You know, everything is on computers, apps, you know, your cell phone. Think of the design that went into your cell phone and all of the apps you carry. It's all you know, art. Those are all, mm-hmm. yeah, all fine artists started as fine artists, no doubt, and then went into design, and it, it, it communicates back and forth these days. It's not so um, structured. Yeah, and when we talk about the healing powers of art, I mean, all forms of art, music, dance, um, theater, mm-hmm. art, they're all forms of expression, and I feel like in our culture, we have such a dearth of different ways to express ourselves, and I think if if we can find just one of these and find a meaningful expression of our, to bring our soul forward into the world, I mean, it's it's healing in its own way, so I just can't speak highly enough of, you know, keeping the arts alive and well in our school systems and, and in our culture. Yeah, I agree. I actually started a program with, um, with some businesses um, in New York City where I'm curating a gallery for this one company who makes a social media management system. And what that is is basically for enterprises to listen to us, you know, and right. see our tweets, anything that's public, things like that. And what I did was because they, the, the company itself and a lot of these technology companies are created by people who are amateur photographers, amateur painters, amateur cinematographers. And in the case of this company, that was true. And I said, well, let's look at something. They have this big off space. I said, let's put in a gallery in your space that looks at the connection between art and science. In our culture and in the United States specifically, um, we are very, very pro-science. We're all about science. However, we, we neglect to see the link in the art. There was a time when it was arts and sciences in every university across the country. Right. And now it's science and technology. And I find that an interesting shift, and I'm not sure exactly when that happened. 
But this gallery and this in this company basically is constantly interrogating where art and commerce meet or where technology and art meet. And um, I thought it was an interesting program that they decided to put in place. I think that would be a very healthy thing for us to uh, move more into that field because, yeah, we need we need much more art and beauty in our world. Now, um, the cultureproductioncompany.com is your website, and at at the Culture Production Company, you help clients find art, learn about art, and you connect clients with young and up-and-coming artists. Yes. The Culture Production Company, which I know is the longest URL <laughs> website address. Hey, never it, is, it says what it is. It's good. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> well, I wanted it to be that because um, in art speak, and art speak can sometimes be like another language, culture production is what artists do. They produce culture. Right. It is juxtaposed to culture industry. Culture industry is advertising. Um, television shows, movies, things like that. And what I wanted to make aware is culture production is something that is, um, it is a, a bigger element than culture industry. Culture production isn't exactly just to sell something. It is actually to speak about our times and to connect with others and to look for a discourse and a dialogue with a, with a community and with a viewer. And so what I did is I took a number of emerging artists. I mean, I have access to both very, very professional, well, you know, collected artists down to people who are graduating this year, for example. And I wanted to make some kind of collective space where people could come to us and say, you know, a company, for example, like this company in New York, like, we want to do something different. We want to, you know, bring some artists in for sort of a, a you know, brainstorm about how we could, you know, bring art more into our company. So I pulled together a group of artists for that. Um, you know, or, or collectors. You know, I really would like to collect, but I don't have a huge budget. I want to start somewhere. Well, let me introduce you to some emerging artists. I mean, truly emerging out of graduate school where, you know, a $100 painting makes their day, you know, if they can sell something for that much. And sure. then you're starting to work with people who have a pedigree, who are going to move on, who are going to be gallery collected. And you start small. You know, you start with those people, and then they lead you to other people, and you build your collection that way. So I just wanted to sort of catch all plates where people could come and, um, and learn about that. And you have a system that you've developed uh, with a lengthy questionnaire that we, <laughs> as, as new art collectors, can fill out and kind of hone in on what it is we're most attracted to. Talk about that questionnaire and how that works to, to help us find the art of our dreams. <laughs> yeah, I think the questionnaire is, what, I think it might be 25 pages right now. It'll probably end up being like a booklet that I send out. <laughs> um, well, because art is so diverse, there right. is a place for everyone in art. So you can't say, "Oh, I don't like, I don't like today's art," because it's really, it's, it, there's something for everyone. There really is, sure. and I think that questionnaire for me was to sort of connect with people and the sort of inner artist. You know, a lot on, um, you know, our spirituality and our our essence as humans. You know, what what what, it, what moves us. And so the questionnaire was developed to first talk a little bit about yourself, and then move into what is your feeling about. You know, painting, drawing, down to installation and video art and public art and, and things like that to sort of see where we are and see where we really don't have information and where we might be curious about something that we never thought of before. You know, not everyone can, you know, go to graduate school for a master's in fine arts and be exposed to every type of art there is, you know? Right. So I wanted to kind of push that down so it would be what, you know, I don't, most people don't fill out all 25 pages, <laughs> but they find where their niche is. 
And what then, then they start to understand like, wow, I'm actually much more um, articulate in art than I thought. Or I'm, you know, I'm actually much more passionate about it than I thought. Or I really don't know anything about this and would like to know more. So it is to uncover sort of our inner artist. Right, because like you said, there's so much out there that probably as a non you know, I consider myself a non-artist in that way, although I am an artist in other ways. <laughs> but I, I, I feel like there's probably so much out there that I don't even know about that an expert like you could really help facilitate that journey for me and help me hone in on what it is that really moves me. So I'm excited about that. Good, good. I think in a grander scale, the way we get art back in things like schools and in our communities and understanding in a general way is for each of us start to activate that part of us. Right. And then you'll get a grand swell. And what does that do for our lives as a whole? I think it connects us to our human experience. Mm. And that's I huge. I really do think it connects us in such a spiritual level that it's um, it's a core value. And it's a, it's a core um, sense of self. And, and I know that's what I've gotten out of it. That's what I tried to teach my children um, about it. But I find when, I, when I'm working with clients in particular, you know, you'll see that everyone really has a creative sense for themselves. And, um, and I think that bringing that out is quite a beautiful thing. And I think it actually affects everything that they do. You know, you bring that with you wherever you, whatever your job is, whatever your, your chosen path is. Do you have any stories about clients who may have had a profound experience with art? Yes. I had one client who was very rigid in exactly what they wanted. I only like drawings. I like architecture things. I want everything structured, structured, structured. And their environment was very, very structured. And there was an exhibition at a local gallery in Los Angeles. And I said, you know, there was a series of architectural drawings. But this particular artist also did these outlandish sculptures where he would wedge um, two-by-fours into spaces. So there was no nails. There was no glue. There was nothing holding it. So it would be this amazing structure that you could walk through, but not it was all done with pressure and just fitting pieces in. So it was architectural, but sort of looked like a pile, like sort of a nest in a way. Mm-hmm. So I brought the, the client in, and I you know showed them the, the drawings on the wall, and they were you know they really liked the drawings. They were into like all of the mechanical nature of it and sort of exactness of it. And then I said, you know, this is the same artist in the second room over here with the sculpture. And they fell in love. And they said, I never, ever thought I would like modern art. <laughs> we often make, you know, contemporary, the modern art is now actually a period of time where contemporary art is what's happening now. And, you know, and I said, you know, because you've never been, you never would let himself be exposed to it. And then all of a sudden, he really understood it. And now, it's constant modern art. Like, those botanical prints and those, I mean, because you're drawing, there's a few here and there. But he's gotten into sculpture and, and installations into his home, and, and it was really interesting to, to just sort of like, we, we get so rigid and we, we find what works for us or what we like, and then we just stay with that. But you know, if you just open your eyes just a little bit and maybe like let something hit you, you never know what can happen, and I think that that's, it's fun to have that happen. I'll bring clients in and they'll be like paint on the floor, and they'll be like, that's an art wow. It's yeah. on the floor. You know, but yeah. <laughs> and we might surprise ourselves. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But to see the life come into a person like that is really fun. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Now, what is the uh, what's the next big thing in art? Is there such a thing, or is it constantly evolving? I think that art is. We're actually embracing painting again, and you know, some of your listeners will be like, "Did we leave painting at one point?" <laughs> right. <laughs> and yes, we did. 
because the art culture production art um, artists as opposed to advertising and designers are always looking to um, answer or sort of push back at what's happening in the world and I think the world really got you know photographic images think about Instagram and all those things I mean everyone makes a photo everyone can replicate something you can process something that you can you know, look at things in the ways that artists had always been able to look at them through, you know, lots and lots of steps, now it's very instant with a few buttons. And I think artists then are looking at what's happening in culture and going, hmm, what can we bring to that that is different that makes us re-see something? And I think a lot of artists are going back to painting. And I find that really interesting because even um, popular artists I know known for sculpture are starting to paint again. They really just want to paint. So I think that's interesting how it constantly ebbs and flows like that. So it's sort of a, a throwback going back to the roots of art in a lot of ways. Right. Public art. Public art is becoming another fad. And it's also a new major in the universities now. Public art, which is designing for the public for years and years. For the last, I would say, 50 years, most of art, pro- art production has been for the elite. And public art is coming back into fashion, which I think is a good thing, which maybe will help shift us back into arts in the schools and things like that. Right. And what falls into the category of public art? Is that like graffiti? It can be, it can be sculptures. It could be oh. land work. Oh, right, right, um, okay. Right, and it can be murals. It can be performances that engage public participation. Oh, um, I would say, you know, um, there was a big movement. We did a couple of years ago with flash mobs. To oh. me, that's a form of public art. I love flash mobs. I've done one. <laughs> I've done a whole one. Did and you? I, I love flash mobs. I thought that I think that could change the world. It's like peace on earth through flash mobs. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? Sort of a wave of flash mobs going from continent to continent. Oh my gosh, it could change the world. That and musical theater, but I digress. So, do you think <laughs> do you think art production can affect the culture industry um, in its it, say we, you know, this new wave to go going back to painting. Does that affect advertising and film and and the rest of um, popular culture? Oh, absolutely. And in fact, they co-opt it so quickly. It's almost it's almost exhausting for an artist to keep ahead of the game. Let's look for example at I don't know um, if you've seen this commercial for Dove, mm-hmm. where they, they hired a artist. Um, who worked for the police department, and oh. they had women come in and describe what they look like, and he would draw them based on right. the description, and then they would have a person come in who would then describe who they had met, and the person, the same person would look totally different right. in the description. And it was, to, it was to sort of move how we look at ourselves. That exact project was done by an artist in New York about a decade ago. That was so powerful, and, too. And so I think all the time, any any kind of thing you're seeing in, in advertising, advertising is the biggest, I mean, you know, I, I go to New York every month, and, you know, the Madison Avenue is blocks from Chelsea's Art District, where most of the popular galleries are. So it's just constantly going over there, stealing imagery, bringing it back, putting it to us in our advertising. So the artists can, you know, do everything they can to sort of keep ahead of the game. Um, to sort of continually reinterrogate how we look at something and what we see in something. And that's really, I think, the artist's ultimate um, wish, is to constantly reinterrogate how we are perceiving things and how we are taking information and what we are accepting as normal. And keeping us honest as human beings. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, I think JFK had a fabulous acceptance speech back in the 70s, or the 60s where he talked about poets. I think he was um, giving a medal to Robert Frost. And if you can find that speech online, it's quite beautiful, talking about how poets, also artists, 
um, do keep us honest are the constant watchdogs on what we do to make sure that we never forget the people and the public and, and what is true and right. And I thought that was a really beautiful way of looking at art. I think there's a quote by him on the side of the Kennedy Center to that effect, so it's probably the same quote in Washington, D.C. Well, Terry Norton Wright, thank you so much. I uh, will definitely go to the cultureproductioncompany.com website, and I better get started on my questionnaire because it might take me a little bit of time to to (laughs) fill out. But I'm actually... All right, thanks so much. I am so looking forward to finding out what my art sensibilities are because I really have no clue. I just know what's what makes me feel good, and I kind of go from there. But I'd like to get a little more sophisticated with your help. So thank you so much, Terry, and I, I look forward to talking to you again. So do I. Thank take, you. Take care.